What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. shave. Hello everyone and welcome to Three Man Milan, an unofficial AC Milan Serie A podcast. I'm Andy and coming up today we go over the recent fixtures against Prague and Parma as Milan's maintain their unbeaten league start but only just. Before all of that I need to introduce my co-host say hello Jack. Hello. And say hello John. Hello. Right then let's get into it. Milan travelled to Prague this past Thursday Jack and as predicted purely made a host of changes to the starting eleven. Yeah, uh, ten, 10 changes all in all from the uh, previous game, the Sampdoria game. Um, Tonali was the only one who kept his place. Um, and to be fair, I think uh, they did they did purely proud. It wasn't a classic game by any stretch of the imagination, um, but they were solid. They, they didn't really look like they were in any threat of, in any danger of losing the game or anything. Um, and I think uh, when Pioli hasn't made that many changes, I don't I mean, obviously he'd care if they lost, but I don't think he would have left there feeling awful about a loss. Um, but in the end, they turned out turned out all right and they won. Uh, so he'll be delighted with that. No risk to his key players, um, but coming away with three points. Yeah, I got to say, I didn't expect quite so many changes. Personally, I thought it would be maybe five or six. But um, yeah, like Jack says, the, the boys that came in were, were very good. Uh, I think they none of them looked out of place in a, in a European competition. Um, maybe a couple of them were uh, didn't contribute as much as, as we would have perhaps liked, but um, there was plenty of positives, plenty of positives to take some of the younger players. Yeah, it was a, it was a good victory in the end. I mean, put, put a bit of context on it, it was a, it was a drab affair, wasn't it, to be fair? It, was, um, uh, it wasn't, Milan were in control, but I think that says more about Prague, bearing in mind, 10 change and they were still in control for the majority of the game. But, um, I think an interesting note though is that Prague also made 11 changes going into the game. So there was actually only one player on the pitch that played in the previous game for either side. Yeah, I mean, it's a dead rubber for them as well, isn't it? Like yeah. there's nothing on the game for them. Um, obviously, from Milan's point of view, there was still the opportunity to finish top, which came, came to fruition in the end. Um, but that was... I mean, we spoke about it last week, I think, a little bit, but uh, that was kind of considered to be a bit of a long shot. We were expecting Lille to do the business in, in Glasgow. So you can understand why all those changes were made by both teams. And it kind of showed out in the in the game. It was a bit fractious, a bit of an attritional victory in the end, um, but a victory nonetheless. Yeah, it was. I mean, the first incident of any noting was the, the only goal of the game 
John. It come from young Norwegian down the left hand side again, uh, Hauger, and he um he's making an impression. Definitely, definitely, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, great feet again, great sort of uh the the willingness to run at his man, and um and then finishing off with that little cross the goal finish opening his body that's sort of becoming his trademark. You know, that um I think the one I liken to to a Thierry Henry finish last week. Um, you know, he's 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 done it. Th- was it three times? <laughs> three times now. It's it's just fantastic. Um, yeah. He doesn't. He plays without fear. It's just fantastic to see from such a young player. They're almost all replicas of each other as well, yeah. um, which is crazy. But uh, if it so, works, it works. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> another one. I, I think the commentator mentioned in the game a man who has a similar uh, trick that everybody knows is coming but just can't be stopped. Is is Arjen Robin uh, on the other side and you know, cutting in on, on that stronger foot on, on the inverted side. And um, so far, so good from, from that point of view. It'd be interesting to see how he copes as defenders start to become more familiar with it, whether he can sort of keep that up and just keep being unstoppable. But he seems to have this, I think we said the other night, didn't we? He, he seems to have magnets in his boots. When he tries to go past people, The ball he comes out with the ball every time. Yeah, um, no matter how much it ricochets off a defender's yeah. leg or anything. He just seems to have that, that back. And it's um, it's proven really, really lucky, isn't it? Yeah, that'll be the acid test when it after he's got fifteen, twenty games, and there's footage on him, and there's statistics for uh, opposing sides to analyze. Will he be able to keep it up, or will that put the put the uh, put the blinkers on him a little bit and stop him being so devastating? And that'll be the mark of whether he's going to be a good player or a great player. Yeah, definitely. It will be the la- it'll be the latter on that. Um, he was involved in the uh, the other incident of the of the first half. Jack, I'll let you go on this one because you were apoplectic at the time. <laughs> it was, it's, uh, I think, uh, was it Sampdoria? I can't remember when Teo Hernandez got a penalty, when he kind of cut back and the defender kind of went across him um, and he kind of theatrically fell down and the ref gave a penalty. Fiorentina. Yeah, right. thank you. Um, that one, I was thinking, oh, Hernandez has made a meal of that, but he's had to go down because the defender's movement is quite subtle. In this instance... The defender's movement is about as subtle as a brick to the face. <laughs> Literally, just the, the ball has gone through the defender's legs, and so if you were after the ball, you'd turn around and go for the ball. But instead, he almost just rugby tackles Howell, yeah. who tries to run around him. Is and the referee is about ten yards away with a perfect view of it. I just don't understand how he cannot give that at all. And we uh, we moan about VAR and stuff. Um, I think everyone's had a moan about VAR. Um, but that would have overturned that in an industry. There's no VAR in Europe, or at least not in the group stages. There may be in the knockouts, but um, you'd have to feel that would have overturned that without any hesitation. Well, he clearly hasn't played the ball, and he's clearly played the man. It's not even. It's, he's made no attempt to play the ball, has he? It's not even no. like he's trying to make a block on the ball. He's literally just charged straight into Haug's chest. It's not like he's stayed on the line. He stepped out of his own line into Haug's way and like straight into the middle of him, and, and just no intention whatsoever. Yeah, it was a it was an odd one. If memory recalls, the referee does the old Mike Dean and waves it as like a big no, that's yeah. not a penalty, rather than just carrying on. I could I could if he's like, well, I haven't seen it, so I'm not giving it. I'm just act like act like that was a normal foul. Then fine, but he's made he's gone definitely not, and it's like yeah. I don't know what he's watching because he's he's nowhere near the ball. Like I said, he just it's just the clearest obstruction you've ever seen. So very uh, very peculiar, but um. It was one 0 at the at the half. I mean, and uh, like we said, it was it was a bit of a after the Lord Mayor show affair with uh, twenty one of twenty two changes to the starting elevens between the teams. It was a 
playing out that way. Uh, Kalulu made his debut for Milan, John, in this game. And uh, to be fair to the young Frenchman, I think he's French, uh, he um, he impressed, didn't he, at the back I, there for Milan? Definitely. I thought, I thought he played very well. I think um, he's, he's come in as a fullback, but uh, I understand that he, he has been um, come through the youth academies as, as, a, as a centre-back. Um, so he, it's a bit of a nice surprise to know that he, he can provide cover there. And um, I don't think he really looked troubled in, in this game. I think he, he had, like, sort of acquitted himself very well. Um, he's alongside Duarte, who, who, you know, isn't, he hasn't made, made any kind of position his own. He hasn't really um, come in and, and secured any part of the team. Um, so it's not like he's alongside Kier or Romagnoli, where, where you'd, you'd kind of think he's got the cover. He, he, but he's done very well. To, to step up and, and I think that's that sort of that performance against Prague is, is what's allowed it. I will we'll touch on the uh, Palmer game I'm sure in, in a minute, but the he his choice as a substitute ahead of Duarte um and, and the fact that Masaccio is nowhere near at the moment despite from what I understand being fully fit. I think that shows how highly he, he is regarded and um, and how impressive he, he's he appears to be. Yeah, he looks very comfortable on the ball as well. Um, I think uh, certainly during the Sparta game, um, whenever he was on the ball, he kind of made the right decision, whether it be play out a a pass or whether just to clear his lines because he's under pressure. Um, And obviously coming in for your first game at the age of 20, um, obviously it would probably have been told to him that it's not the most important game or whatever but you still want to do well and he certainly did but he kept making the right decisions when he was on the ball he, he kept reading the game well and making decent mm. interceptions and coming across to deal with the attacks when they came um so very good uh we we're discussing actually uh weren't we his height because he, he isn't mm. a big lad he isn't a tall lad and i've just noticed google lists him as 1.84 meters whereas uh wikipedia lists him as 1.79 metres, so... There's a, <laughs> Some discrepancy. Yeah, someone somewhere hasn't got the right rulers out or the measuring tape, but um, either way... Yeah, if there's is, one, that, is that just the difference between 5'11 and 6 foot? Uh, possibly. Sounds about right, yeah. That'd be about 2 inches, isn't the difference there? Yeah. But um, if there's one club that knows how to cultivate a, a defender who's not the tallest, and it's probably AC Milan. Yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely some uh, fantastic defender defenders come through with less less height than that. Um, but I, I've got to say his, his athleticism almost makes up for it. He's absolutely rapid. Um, the, the way he covers the ground is was fantastic. And as, as Jack said there, the, the fact that he's so comfortable on the ball makes it so much easier for what we're trying to do in terms of playing out from the back. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the likes of Krunic and that sort of thing where the ball's come out to him and he's controlled it, but you don't feel like that's coming with him. He seems very assured and uh, I'm, I'm quite excited about him now. I think he, he'll make a great addition to the first team. Yeah, especially, I mean, being good on the ball makes sense if he was starting out as a fullback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah another uh, another showcase for the, the scouting department at Milan, who seems to be picking up these uh, these youngsters who are for, on the cheap and then blind themselves in the top-level competitions in the le- in league in <coughs> Europe. And they, uh, they don't look out of place. They were really, really good... Uh, News and it's good good for his confidence as well because it's been a while he's been at the club now. He was at the club when we started this podcast back in September and he hadn't. It's, it's December is the first time he's made it onto the pitch. So for him to come in and look so assured is a is really shows testament to his character. 
as well. So um, really good news on all fronts from that point. Um, there was a another incident in the game, listeners. It was in the uh, second half, and uh, it actually involved uh, Rafael Liao returning from injury. He came on in the uh, in the second half to get a few minutes under his belt, and uh, there was a red card, Jack, for Sparta Prague that live looked horrendous, but on replay was a very very harsh decision. To be fair, it was a bad to worse from Prague's point. Yeah, I mean, I was almost as a apoplectic about this one just because it was just an awful decision again and I don't understand why he's made it like it's a breakaway um I think uh possibly from a corner or free kick or something but uh Liao's leading the charge it's a three-on-three situation and he gets taken out on the halfway line by the first defender there's still two more to get past and without hesitation the referee just immediately pulls out a red and it's not like studs first it's not it's not particularly high I mean he kind of kicks him on the lower shin a little bit um, with the top of his boot as he's trying to swipe the ball with a tackle. Um, I just don't know in what world that's a red card. Um, so I just think it's an awful decision by the referee. So I think I think he's made two decisions, big decisions on the night and both of them are, are howlers. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great call. At full speed, it looks like he's clattered into him and that's what has been, and that's what he's been given. But, I mean, it's a booking because he does take him out, but it's not dangerous at all. He just like he just tri- trips him up. Really. Yeah, the only the only thing I could see is that Hauger was away if he was able to get the pass off properly. That's that's like the only thing I can think that he's thinking of as denial denial of a goal scoring opportunity. But it doesn't make any sense. Like I I, I completely agree. But that that's just the only possible reason I can see that he has to consider a red card in that situation, um, even though it's wrong. Um, so I think, yeah, we definitely, it, it was definitely a, a poor decision. Yeah, well, another man gave another poor refereeing performance. So it's becoming <laughs> <laughs> this time in their in in their favour, I suppose. Well, well the second one, the second one, it, it, even it evened it up a little. Um, uh, but um, that was all they all she wrote with that one. Listeners, one nil it ended to Milan, and uh, due to a, an unlikely victory for Celtic in. Glasgow against Lille. That was an absolute ding dong affair. Probably we'll be watching that one back <laughs> back and forth with them. And uh, they did Milan a favour, and they end up topping the group. Listeners with I think it's uh, thirteen points yeah. from a possible eighteen, and Lille finishing behind them in second. So um, really good news from that point of view, as that essentially, apart from a few notable exceptions, gave Milan a very a much more favourable draw compared to what they could have had if they'd have finished second in the group. I think it was pretty much 50 or 60% guaranteed a, a Premier League team if they'd <laughs> yeah. have finished second, the way it worked out with Napoli and Roma in their groups. But it didn't matter, and they finished first. And that um, the draw for the Europa League round of 32 made earlier today, on Monday the 14th, they recording this, and Milan have been drawn against Red Star, Belgrade, John, who they will play in February, which is mm. pretty... I don't want to be disrespectful to a team I don't know much about, but it's one you would have taken considering some of the. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you when you have got the likes of uh, of Benfica and Real Sociedad on that side of the draw, um, I know I was certainly crossing my fingers. I, th- I think those two actually came out in the two uh, ties before Milan were drawn, and I, I know I was like crossing my fingers and praying that. <laughs> I wouldn't see FC Milan come out to face either of those, but so it was quite nice that we missed those to, to face one of the lesser teams. I, I think you've got to say, um, but I've, equally they've done well to qualify. So um, they've 
they have you know picked up some decent results I guess you said I mean they, they got a draw against Hoffenheim uh, they beat Ghent twice um, so you know th- there's there are some decent results in there for them in, in the first in the group stage to, to get them to where they are um, and then of course they are managed by um, an old enemy in uh, in Dejan Stankovic who, uh, who obviously has played over 200 times for Inter um, so that will add a bit of a a bit of fire to the occasion I'm sure he'll, he'll relish coming back to, to San Siro yeah, he will. He will absolutely love to get one on Milan if he can. Most teams who are in the round of thirty-two, you're going to have something about them. So Milan will have to take it seriously. But as you said, they're not Sociedad, who are pre, who are top of the league, I think, at the moment. Um, uh, and they've got those flying wingers in Porto yeah. and Oyarzabal, who would cause absolutely heat. And of course, David Silva uh, pulling the strings in the middle yeah. of the park. So it, it could have been a lot worse uh, for Milan. That, that, that's for sure. That. But that is um that game's nearly nearly three months away. I think in the middle of February, end of February, so a lot can change between now and. Now. But if it carries on the way it is, it'd be uh I think they're both unbeaten, aren't you? Saying Jack, so yeah, unbeaten, they're unbeaten. Yeah, in the league at least. Uh, obviously, they lost that game in Hoffenheim. Um, but yeah, they're unbeaten in the league. Um, after eighteen games, I believe. Uh, yeah, it looks like that's the case. Um, only two draws in that as well, so 16 wins is not a bad record at all. Um, and then they've they've had to play quite a few qualifying games to get this far in the Europa League as well. Well, I mean, initially the qualifying games were for the Champions League, but they lost in the third qualifying round, which dropped them into the playoff round for the Europa League. Um, in fact, I think they could have possibly been an opponent for Milan at that stage, but obviously that draw didn't happen. Um, but we got them now, and then... Um, yeah, I think from from my my point of view, I'd probably expect Milan to to win that. Um, but we're we're a few months away; a lot can happen, um, and obviously they're a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, Milan will obviously be scouting scouting them like hell now, um, just to get an eye on them and keep be sure they know what they're up against. But um, I'd expect Milan to be happy with that draw, especially when you think that they've avoided the likes of Real Sociedad, Benfica. Um, Granada, I guess, might be a tough, tough game as well. Another Spanish team, uh, Red Bull Salzburg. So yeah, there were there were teams that you did want to avoid, and Milan have avoided them. Yeah, absolutely. And we all love to give that the full preview treatment when it rolls around in a few months' time on the, the uh, of twenty twenty. Just to say, on the flip side as well, um, Lille, who obviously finished second, ended up with Ajax. So that's how it could have gone. Um, so that that turnaround uh, on Thursday was really important. In, um how how early did I predict that draw? <laughs> yes, ten, we, minutes, ten minutes for us. Yeah. yeah, we believe John's fixed the draw. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. So so John, so John had a, a one in twenty five chance that he got it. So. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm playing the lottery this week. Yeah, I think oh, you need better odds than one in twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, a lot of people, will be playing it as well. But right, let's we move on, listeners. We get back to. Our bread and butter in Serie A, Milan hosted Parma this past Sunday on the in the uh, the thirteenth of December is the the late kickoff at the San Siro and um, it didn't start well for Milan, did it, John? With uh, Gabby off, which looked like yeah. a nasty injury within the first oh, two minutes. Yeah, it was um, it was one of them ones. It, it looked an innocuous coming, not in, well, a bit of a coming together, but it, it was a little bit of a late tackle from um, the the Swedish forward for Palmer. Uh, is it Cornelius? I think. Um, yeah. And 
was it wasn't like an awful tackle. It was definitely late, um, and that just kind of I don't know if it twisted Gabby's knee, uh, but he looked in absolute agony, which was not nice to see. Um, he he did manage to walk off the pitch, albeit with assistance. So that's at least a positive sign. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a stretcher job, but yeah, definitely not ideal, especially with Kier still not quite back yet. Um, although I think I think he is close um, from from what we've heard, but. Uh, that's obviously disrupted Milan, disrupted the preparation and, and everything else that we'd kind of put together. And and yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it was uh, the youngster Kalula who was who was selected uh, as the replacement ahead of Duarte on the bench. So um, a big uh, a big endorsement for him in terms of uh, support from the manager to come in come in there. I've just uh, I've just seen online they expect Gavia to be out for about a month. And Benacer for ten days. No, he went off with a hamstring, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's um. I mean, to be fair, we were talking at the, at the time, weren't we? And it was one of those injuries that looked like he would be back in a week or could be the end of the season. Mm. The way because it's just the way he fell. It was, it was, I was certainly thinking ACL with that, yeah. but it's good it's... to know that he'll be back at the start of. I mean, there is a ten-day, two-week break in that month period, so yeah. you will miss a few games, but he could be back for that all-important clash with Juventus on the 6th of January. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, if that wasn't a bad bad enough start, Jack. <laughs> uh, Palmer go ahead. Hernani with the scorer. Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, it's just kind of a start of the move. It's almost like a, a bit of a pinball in midfield and then a lofted ball forward um, towards Juvenio, who has, to be fair, an absolutely sublime first touch to kind of put it into his uh, into his path as he runs forward. And then he's on a one-on-one with Kalulu, who actually, to be fair, does well. He stands him up. He doesn't let him past him. Um, but Juvenio does manage to sneak across just through his legs, um, which comes to the unmarked um, Hernani on roughly around the penalty spot area. And he just uh, calmly side foots it into the corner. Um, no chance for Gigi. Um, but I think Milan will be disappointed, the midfielders especially, um, I think because Kalulu goes out to deal with Jovino on the wing, Kessie kind of goes back to Philly's spot in centre central defence. Um, so he's quite deep, and Benacer is still on his way back, um, and probably should have got to Hanani, um, but he just kind of is ball watching a little. Um, so between the two of them, they'll be disappointed that he's left completely unmarked. There's no one within about ten yards of him when Jovino gets gets his pass away. Um, and yeah, just an easy finish when you're in that much space at this level. I think I'd have expected a little bit more from Kessie as well. He, um, similar to, to Dallow in a previous game, he turned sideways, which I just can't fathom in professional football. You, you make yourself as big as possible, arms accepted, obviously, on, on the back, but you know, you square yourself up and spread yourself as much as you can. But these, they seem to, he also goes to one knee as well to sort of, I, I don't know whether he's trying to make a, to block a grand shot, I guess, but. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's not. It doesn't look like he's trying to be brave and trying to get in the way. It looks like he's trying to make himself as small to avoid getting hit, which is not ideal in that situation. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's poor all round from Milan. Hernani should be tracked from midfield because he, he doesn't sprint in at breakneck pace. He almost ambles into the box. He should be being tracked by, I'm pretty sure it's Benacer, should be tracking him. And then, like you said, the, the defenders that are already in and around just the box just don't react whatsoever. And to be, to be fair to him, it's a cracking finish, but I'm not, convinced he, I'm not convinced he meant to put it there. And it almost just like goes into the, the top corner. But if it, like you said, if he'd have put that more along the ground or more in the middle, it'd be easy to get a block on it. But very, very poor from Milan. To be fair, they did come out of the track didn't they John and um, put a lovely move together which Sammy puts on the back of the net but pesky VAR again making itself known, but... <laughs> yeah I was not happy at the time but you know ultimately it was the correct decision albeit incredibly tight but I think Rabbit's dropping in into that left channel it, it shows it's his best position he is um, he's not really a centre forward but you know he drops off plays a lovely one too with, with Teo on the left hand side and I think Teo takes a bit takes an extra touch more than he really needs to um, when he's driving in towards the goal. And it kind of oh, it narrows his options down massively. And he ends up having to sort of fire it back at, um, at Brahim Diaz. And to be fair, Brahim does well to sort of get something on it. Um, and whilst it is going wide, it finds Samuel at the back post to, to turn it in. But I think as VAR showed, it was sort of about, I think it was his half of his foot was offside or something like that when the when the ball leaves Diaz's Diaz's boot. But um a good move, a really good move. And it was the first time he really um sort of opened up Palmer, I think, in the game and, and created a clear cut chance and, and it all comes from that driving run from Teo, that bit of dynamism, that that, you know, willing to sort of move and, and drive between the lines and make something happen, which I think for large, large portions of this game we just weren't interested in doing. We were perfectly happy and content to just pass the ball across, move slowly up the pitch, run out of ideas, and try and shoot from thirty-five yards. It was, I think, it was an incredibly um, I, frustrating game. I think part of the problem uh, stems from the compliment you gave at the start there. Um, that Rebic playing on the on the left is his best position, and he does play a fantastic ball to Teo, but he kept drifting out there. Whenever Milan got to a situation where they're near the edge of the box, Palmer had obviously dropped deep. They had almost probably. 10 men in their own box at times, um, which is always going to be hard to break down. But they just Milan just didn't have an option in the middle. Obviously, when Zlatan is playing and he is a natural centre-forward and you'd expect that of him, um, whereas Rebic, you wouldn't. Uh, yeah. When Zlatan is playing, there is that focal point in the middle. He will win headers in the box. He will win the second ball sometimes as well. Um, but he'll get those knockdowns, which that option just wasn't there. And that's kind of why Milan were restricted to long-range shots. Yeah, um, I, I think that having that option of a big target man up there allows us to go back to front very quickly yeah. and get there before Palmer gets set. And as, as you say, they, they settled in very quickly with 
you know, they're five four one, they they had the five defenders in the box, they're four defenders tucked in. It was all very narrow, all very compact, and there was just no space. Yeah. I mean fair um, play to Palmer, they did exactly what they needed to do. Oh yeah, they got the goal. Exactly. They they got the goal early and then sat in and you, you can't judge them for that. Um but on the rare forays forward, if we did have that ball where we knew we could get it forward quickly and it would be held up and stick there, um, I think we could have had a bit of a different a different outcome. Yeah, but I think that offside goal was perhaps a warning to Palmer that they did need to be a bit tighter at the back. Um, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, the change came immediately. I can't remember off the top of my head. Or if it came maybe at half-time, the manager said, look, let's not throw this away, let's sit in. But um, yeah, they were certainly a lot more compact as the game wore on. Yeah, I mean, Milan's luck didn't change from there. I mean, in a period of about 10 minutes, either side of half-time, they hit the, the crossbar and the post four times, which is <laughs> that was an, an absolutely crazy piece of play where they hit the the L or the corner of the frame of the goal. They hit both sides within about four seconds themselves from two different players in the same move, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, that is as close to uh, a FIFA moment as you'll ever see in real life I think <laughs> it was it was incredibly frustrating for a great shot from Diaz on the turn uses the defender just to bend the ball past him and it comes off the uh, the corner of the goal and then Hakan just goes oh I've had enough of this and smacks it into the turf and then it hits the other side as well but um the thing is I mean, it's, the... it's 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 so unlucky but I mean ultimately they are shots off target so yeah. it is yeah. it is frustrating that they just can get the accuracy quite right but um I think uh Hakan did everything right with his shot, to be fair, keeping it low by hitting it into the ground. But it was too low and it came back up again. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, to I was be fair to him, I, I think the fact that he hit it into the ground has given the keeper absolutely no chance of getting to it because it just yeah. delays that reaction because yeah. he's obviously watching it come down and then come up and it, it's almost like it's coming from closer than it is. And yeah, But I mean, the keeper had no chance with either of them if they were just five centimetres you know, different. But... It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> we were, it's, it was a heart in the mouth moment, I'm sure, but unfortunately yeah. not quite enough. Well, like I said, Hakan can hit the post again shortly after that with a free kick, which was a exquisite. Come to expect that from him. Now he's um, about 35 yards out and it comes off the post. And then best chance of the, of the lot was one just in the second half where he's about eight yards out and he, um, he hits the crossbar. Uh, Hakan again, you could make an argument he should do better with it but with the angle he's on he's aiming for the the top corner just to avoid the goalkeeper and he's um it's unfortunate it comes off the crossbar really but yeah it's a it's a narrow angle so he's just aiming for that power like well the one that springs to mind is for me anyway as it would is a gigs in 99 against arsenal where it's just hit so hard into the roof like the keeper doesn't have a chance Oh fuck! Off. <laughs> I've got to get one in, haven't I? But that's what he's kind of aiming for, isn't he? Just to go over the keeper's head because the keeper's going to be staying, keeping a bit low to start with to try and get ready for anything on the floor. Um, yeah. So that's his best chance, unfortunately, too high. I will say it's great vision from Liao to create the chance because he's falling backwards as as Calabria plays the ball into him. And he manages to to carve out this brilliant pass to Channel Gluden on the edge of the six yard box, and yeah, as you say, I think he's just kind of. Just hit it as hard as he could, you know, and just just yeah. thinking he'll blast it past the keeper before he's had a chance to move. And unfortunately, he's lifted it onto the crossbar. I mean, again, the keeper's beaten. Like he's not anywhere close to the shot. If it goes in the roof of the net, he's he's got no hope of getting his hands up in time. Yeah, yeah. And as you can tell, listeners, um, exactly what happened next. Even if you didn't watch the game, 
Palmer go and score and make it 2-0. I mean, <laughs> completely, completely against the run of play. They said Milan were. To be fair, they dominated possession and they had had those shots come off the crossbar, but they hadn't had any golden opportunities, which were uh, showed how well Palmer were defending. But were they, they were dominating. It's another... Um, well, it's poor again, isn't it? It's really uh-huh. poor. It's shocking. And it's another midfield runner coming in um, from deep with no one tracking him. Um, I think it's come from a break. Uh, Teo's pushed up and, and Kessie's dropped in. And it's just a ball down the down our left, uh, Palmer's right, into the corner, almost to the to the corner flag. Um, and uh, it's chased down and, and a cross is dug out from the byline. And unfortunately, it drifts just over um, Kalulu and I think over Cornelius's head. Um, think, um, but, sorry, go ahead. So, but then um, Kurtic is arriving um, to, to plant what is is a very good header, very good header into the bottom corner. Um, Gigio gets across, gets gets a strong hand to it, but unfortunately, it's just too much power for him, and um, it's past him before he can really uh, he can really do anything. And it was just as you say, completely against the run of play. But another disappointing one from the midfield, where I think Benacer really isn't switched on, knowing that he's got to cover across to to where Kessie's moved out. To cover Teo, it's it's just a bit of like match awareness and, and game awareness, and you know a free header from what is about the penalty spot is, is just shocking and shouldn't be allowed. To be fair, I think Benacer starts to go across because when that ball, that player, the right back, I think it is, plays a long ball up. Uh, Benacer is going off to cut a shorter ball um, yeah. to another player, and so he goes to try and cut that off. And by that time, the uh, um, Kurtic, the scorer, the goal scorer, um, has has run off and he's miles away from Benacer. I think as well, though, I think Kessie's surprised that the player crosses this first time. He slows down, almost expecting to square up to him, just being like, you're, you're now going to yeah. try and beat me. But he just crosses it first time. And I was surprised as well. Like I'd have thought, just keep it in, maybe play it back down the line to whoever's coming up to support you and then they can cross it in. Um, but to be fair, he whips in an absolutely incredible ball when you consider he's almost kicking that back and back across himself. Um and the header is just a—it's just absolutely perfect on his head, and the header is a bit of a bullet. I don't think uh, Donnarumma can take any blame for that. I know he gets a hand to it, but I think, I think he just, does well to do that, really, doesn't he? Yeah, it's almost past him before he even knows it. Um, but yeah, disappointing tracking. Um, whether it's Benacer or whether Calabria could, could have come across, maybe. I mean, he's got Javinho over his left shoulder as well. Yeah, I'm just looking at it again. I, I, I'm not sure. There's, I mean, short of Romagnoli dropping off and Kalulu coming out, I, I'm not sure who. You can't really fault Benacer, as you say. There, he, he does come across and track his man. Yeah, um, and it's just a very good overload, really, isn't it? And, and the run from central from Hanani take Kessie away, and I mean, yeah. Liao technically is the one closest to him at the start of the move, who's obviously not going to track him back. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a very good goal from Palmer's point of view. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was. It was. Just, it was disappointing all round, really. I think um, Benacer goes off with a hamstring injury. In and around that second goal as well, which is unfortunate. I mean, he had a, he didn't play very well. He looked unfit. Uh, he definitely didn't look match fit, should we say? And now he's going to be out for another ten days, which is a disappointment. It basically takes him to the new year, unless he's going to be risked against Lazio on Wednesday. It's unlikely, but it depends on how or uh, drop out in that time frame, I suppose, and whether he has to be rushed back. But. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I don't understand why he played, if I'm honest. Tonali's had his best games in a Milan shirt over the last three weeks. And I know he played in Prague, but he's a young player. He's been rotated at the start of the season. He should have plenty in the tank. Yeah, I wonder if it's just because he played two in... The last two, because as we mentioned, he was the only one not changed between yeah. Samp and, and Sparta. Um, I think Benesser still got enough to do the business against Palmer. I understand he might be a risk, but uh, you, you're chasing the top four in the league. Sometimes you have to take those risks. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, maybe Tonali could have played. Maybe he would have been there to stop both of those goals. I mean, it's a concern. Whilst it's good to see no goals conceded from set pieces, it is a concern to see two goals from late runners into the box from the midfield, yeah. especially when um, basically a player has been pulled out to cover the fullbacks because that's part of Milan's game is those fullbacks pushing high and pressing high. Um, so it's not something that's a one-off. The teams may look at this and go, that's a real week and exploit now. And Palmer have done it this week. Let's hope nobody does it next week. But uh, Milan have to work on that, work on those tracking those runs, whose job it is if one player gets taken out of position and stuff. So... Um, maybe Tonali can help with that. Hopefully so. Like you said, I think um, well, we'll get on to Taylor Hernandez now, shall we? Um, we'll talk about the benefits that he adds to the team. He does leave them exposed at some points, which was it'd be harsh to blame him because that's his job in yeah. the team. But yeah, it's why Kessie is there. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he was to blame. He he came out with his his man for this goal. He came. He he wasn't bombed up the pitch. He he tracked his. I think the winger showed short and he came out with him and it was the central midfielder that ran in down, down the right-hand channel. So um, I wouldn't I would blame Taylor for that one. I, I, know, I know I mentioned him earlier, but he, he, was, um, he was kind of doing his job there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he um, he gets Milan back in it pretty much immediately, actually. Uh, Milan get a corner and it's um, it's a lovely header. He kind of just throws himself on the ball. <laughs> much more, there's not much, it's, there is technique involved, obviously, because it goes in the back of the net, but he does it like a leaping salmon he just <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> just, just almost smashes in off his face rather than his is is the top of his head and uh Milana back in it 2-1 um not I suppose it, they only des- they didn't deserve to be 2-0 behind so it was good and it, um, it galvanized the last 15-20 minutes for Milana but they didn't create much did they until the very very last embers of the game Jack yeah, that's when, uh, as we've already mentioned, that's when Palmer really sat in and that's when Milan struggled to create much. Um, I mean, the fantastic header for Teo from the goal, uh, for the first goal, the corner, um, put in fantastically by Hakan as well, right on the six-yard line. Um, perhaps the keeper would be thinking, I could have come for that because it is only six yards out. But either way, it's got Milan back in. And uh, yeah, like you said, we they didn't create a lot. It, we were, When we were watching it, we were... We're getting a bit frustrated with the lack of tempo, lack of urgency from Milan at times. Um, we thought uh, when that uh, first goal went in uh, for Milan on 58 minutes, that's 30 plus minutes, that probably 35 we've added time to score another goal or even two to win. And between the two goals, I don't really remember anything. I don't remember any key chances, any shots that I thought, yeah. crikey, 
how did that not go in or anything like that. Um, so it's a little disappointing that it took until stoppage time to get that equal equaliser um, and therefore not given much time after that. But um, at least they did get the equaliser. It's a show good spirit to keep on battling, um, especially when there's a young team missing their leader on the pitch. Uh, well, one of their leaders, they've obviously got the captain still on there, but, you know, I mean, yeah. Zlatan is not there to, to drag him through as he has done. I think Verona, was it? Udinese, he got late impacts uh, but either way in the end that equaliser did come and uh, Rebic was unlucky not to be the one who got it to be fair it's a good save um, perhaps he could have directly shot more into the corner but um, Teo with an absolute bullet of a strike the keeper had no chance with that one Yeah I, I think after the first goal I think they did pick up the intensity a little bit for maybe five minutes or so and then it just dropped off again and I think it was all it, it seemed like they'd realised that it was those runs from Teo, that that speed and just running at them, and Palmer couldn't handle it. And I know there was, I think, there was a couple of fouls on on Teo just outside the area and things like that when he really tried to drive between the defenders. Um, that seemed to be starting to have starting to work and starting to create openings. And then they just ease off again, and it, it, the game lulled and it looked like it was getting away from us. And then uh, you know we we sort of worked the ball across across well and you know great great pl- ball into the danger area from Calabria. And as, as you say, Rebic, a good sort of first-time finish, unfortunately, straight at the keeper. Um, the ricochet finds Teo to, to fire in. Um, he's not scored many this season compared to last season, but um, he, he's done well to, to bring his tally up this weekend. Yeah, and that was how it finished. Listeners, two all, and Teo really did save Milan in the, um, in the last there, and it keeps their losses to zero in the league this season. They, rem- they remain um, um Milan were always guaranteed to be top of the table, even if they'd lost this game. But they uh, maintained a healthier lead of three points compared to the two it was looking like with 90 seconds to go in that game at Palmer. Uh, right then, let's, we'll uh, take a quick break now and we'll be back with our usual roundup of all the uh, Serie A fixtures from this weekend. See you in a minute. What a final half hour we're going to have here in from Chalanolo! And guided in by Teo Hernandez. Another goal for him against Palmer. Milan strike back straight away. Welcome back, everyone. You listen to Three Men of Milan. Right then, we'll do our Serie A roundup as is customary in the middle section of the show. And uh, we'll start with Juventus uh, this week, Jack. Yeah, um, it's a theme we're starting with the team. We've had a sad loss after we did Napoli previously. Um, but unfortunately, this week, it's uh, Paolo Rossi has passed away. Um, at the age of 64, uh, a legend for Italian football fans for his role in the 1982 World Cup. Um, I've seen numerous repeats of the uh, <laughs> Brazil-Italy game where they won 3-2 and he scored a hat-trick. Um, and he won the Ballon d'Or that year as well. Um, but he was a Juventus legend, of course. Um, and I suppose uh, they did him proud with a win this weekend. They uh, they, were playing, they were away at Genoa. Um and they probably they deserved their win. Uh, they were definitely on top of Genoa all game. Um, a three-one win in the end. It did take two late Cristiano Ronaldo penalties, um, but watching the game, it was a sense of inevitability, inevitability about the winner um, coming. Um, Juve were just on top all game to win. To be fair, uh, Dybala was the other Juve scorer. Uh, got them in the lead on fifty-seven minutes before Storaro uh, equalised for Genoa. Um, I read something. About Cristiano Ronaldo this week, actually, uh, he's made a hundred appearances for Juventus. 
now. Does anyone want to have a guess how many goal contributions he's made in hundred appearances? Hundred. Jack. Uh, do you mean goal plus assists? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go for one hundred and ten. Uh, Ninety-eight. So. Oh, he's rubbish. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. hundred. How old is he? Thirty-six. He's still got it. Uh, considering Italian is supposed to have the best defences in the world and so on and so forth. But there we go. He's, um, I'm sure he's uh, he'll, uh, not as quite as good as his uh, more than a goal a game average. He managed to run it across 10 years, which is... Oh, my life. <laughs> yeah. But him and Messi have normalised the abnormal. Yeah. And when they're gone, we'll be like, oh, he scored 16 that season. What an amazing player of the year. Rather than, he scored 74. It's, like, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I could talk about Ronaldo all day, so we shall move on. Um, Inter, Inter did their trick as well this week, John, in uh, coming back from behind to look comfortable win, even though they didn't score until like the 80th minute. And they annoying. Um, I did debate whether to put this match on when I saw um, Cagliari or one up, but I kind of saw this one come in, so <laughs> didn't bother watching the rest of it. And, and Inter Julie. Uh, came away and came back into the game. Um, Lukaku, uh, again, key key to come back. He kept it off, obviously, with, with the win, but um, a fantastic performance from him. Uh, but goals from Barella and D'Ambrosio um, brought into back in. But to be fair to them, they, they've dominated this game. They, they were much the better team. Um, there, there was a number of really good saves uh, from Cragno in the uh, in the Cagliari goal before, um, before it came... To, to them taking the lead, like when it was still nil nil. I mean, great football, and um, you know Sanchez, Lukaku, you know, were peppering the, peppering the goal with shots, and uh, it was very very much against uh, against the run of play when uh, when uh, so, uh, Sotil eventually uh, gave gave Cagliari the lead on um, forty two minutes just before half time. So um, yeah, no no complaints really. I, I think. But um, yeah, just just a kind of an air an air of inevitability about this one. It was a cracking goal to be fair from Cagliari, but I've, I saw a stat that Inter have recovered ten points from losing positions this season already, being at the likes of um, Cagliari themselves on eight, Bologna and Juventus on six, so and Lazio on five. So um, yeah, it, it's it's almost become expected from them. Of course, um, Milan haven't recovered that many points from losing positions because we haven't really been in losing positions. So there is that. I think Inter are finding better form now, um, and I think part of that is down. Whilst they haven't been keeping clean sheets quite so regularly as perhaps they should, I think part of that is down to having a settled defence like a Skriniar, uh, De Bruyne, and Bastoni, and now starting regularly together. Um, earlier on in the season, I remember us talking about we just didn't know who would turn up for them at centre back um, in that back three for them. It was certainly a talking point when Milan played them, and they exploited it. Uh, I think it was Kolarov, was it? Um, yeah, and Dan Kolarov was Kolarov yeah. got was the guilt. Yeah, he was a guilty party for at least one of their goals. Um, but yeah, uh, they've they've settled on that back three now, um, and they're starting to find more form. Too late to save their European campaign, which is probably a bad thing for AC Milan because it's uh, allowing them to focus solely on domestic matters now. But um, yeah, I think uh, they're going to kick on now. I. They were the only Italian team not to qualify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Europe, all six of the, uh, of the other teams made it through. So I think it definitely gives them an edge Yeah. in the, uh, in the remaining league campaign. Absolutely. I mean, didn't even drop it to the Europa League, finished bottom there, um, which was um, in, a, in a win. I mean, they had Real Madrid in that Gladbach and uh, are, are Inter Milan are a better team than both of them. And uh, Real Madrid have not been ever seen either in the different. Antonio Conte can't manage me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. He couldn't do it with Juventus, he couldn't do it with Chelsea, and he can't do it with Inter. So um, there's something about that competition that he's the, the anti Ancelotti. <laughs> so um, because uh, he cannot figure it out, and they always look dreadful. So um, prop. Unfortunately, I reckon a few weeks time we'll be seeing that blessing in disguise, and uh, with um them having a week weeks off when uh, gets the business end for a few other teams. And the Champions League draws have been made today as well, and Juventus have got a relatively easy tie. You'd imagine they'll go through to the quarterfinals. They play Porto, Atalanta travel to Real Madrid. Actually, it should be a cracking tie. We'll see how they go on there. And I think Lazio have got... Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Yeah. Maybe the round of 16 may be the end for them. I, yeah. I think... Uh, I mean, Real Madrid have been a bit stop-start, but I think only Juve will, rem- will be remaining standing of those three. If I had to predict now, and I am predicting now, only Juve will make it through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Atalanta did win at the weekend. They won 3-0, but uh, apparently they uh, mutiny in the ranks. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a lot of uh, fight infighting and sort of uh, questions around the coach's decisions seem to be coming out now. Rumours that he resigned and the club said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get into transfer rumours later on, or maybe next week we'll look at that two game. Certainly, like uh, one of their main players will be linked very shortly. Right? Let's talk about it now, about the rest of the Serie A. Ground bacon anyway, so we'll run through the fixtures a little bit uh, once we've spoken about this. But he's been linked with Milan, Jack. Um, there's two trains of thought from the blogosphere. Where number one is that Milan have a thin squad and applying pressure on the Hakan contract issue in to make him sign. Milan are making moves to sign an, an able or to make his suitors hurry up and get the cash in for him so that they can move the chains on their replacement. Yeah, um, there's they've been talks, well not talks, that's misleading, <laughs> there's been rumours of a, a Milan basically saying to Hakan suitors, who I think at this stage the main ones are Man United, that for 20 to 25 million um, Hakan can go in January rather than waiting six months to go on a free. Um, a genius like Ed Woodward would probably bite Heard that, uh, disappointingly, from my point of view. Um, but uh, uh, if uh, if they do, um, that gives money to spend. And I mean, there are certainly 
uh, a lot worse players than Papu Gomez to use that money on. Um, he doesn't necessarily fit perhaps what you might describe as the project that's going on right now, but um, Zlatan didn't either 12 months ago. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting. Um, and by that, I mean because uh, Papu Gomez is 32, just if anyone wasn't aware of that. Um, but uh, he's certainly a fantastic player and what he uh, what he doesn't have in years remaining in his career, he certainly has in quality um, and experience. Uh, and imagining a 9-10 combo with him and Zlatan is quite mouthwatering, to be fair. Um, but it, it would also be an opportunity to, say, have him almost mentor the next generation for that position uh, whilst he does, whilst he sees out the remainder of the career. So it'd be certainly interesting if he did come to Milan, um, whether that happened in January at the end of the season or at all. Um, who knows? Uh, everything at Atalanta right now just seems up in the air, bizarrely, considering where Gasparini has brought them to. Um, if, if he goes, maybe Papu stays. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, I mean, we, there, there are previous... Obviously, the, the Napoli team had a similar situation last season where there was um, a revolt in the dressing room and it ended up with, with Carlo Ancelotti leaving. Um, and the players got their way, so it'll be interesting to see how, how this one plays out and whether player power wins again or or whether the uh, the board stick with their with their man in Gasparini. I mean, if you're going to make a change, now's the time. Isn't it? Coming up on a transfer window, Europe has finished. You've got a ten day break. Like it, Atalanta, they won three 0 this weekend. Let's say that they win their game in hand against, which to be fair, have picked up a bit of form, so that is not a foregone conclusion. They would still be in seventh. Seven points behind leaders, points off the top four, and I don't, I can't remember them the last time that they played a big team. Atalanta, I mean, lost to Verona at home in recent recent weeks, and they've also um, done nil with nil with Spezia as well. So, and obviously the Inter, which is um, a decent result, but then they only just managed to scrape past Crotone. I think their best results come against Liverpool, really, hasn't it? That's that's the only. Real yeah. saving grace in, in looking back on their fixtures. Seeing that result, seeing them qualified, so that's yeah. a huge flux of cash into the into the club. So I don't know, like if everyone else is happy with Gasparini, one is your thirty two year old star player. In one sense, they've always been a selling club. Maybe they just think next week's serious and off you go. But, but they've got Juventus and Roma in the next week, so that'll be quite telling as to where their position stands by Christmas. I think they just, I don't know, if they like. Do they like the depth? I probably think they probably do, because um, it's it's they started the season really well, um, but since those two matches a week have come in, uh, they just haven't been able to keep pace, have they? Um, I think they they got an emphatic win away against Lazio in the second week, um, and these this was when the games were week by week. But then once the Champions League games start hitting, they lose lose at Napoli, they lose at home against Sampdoria, that draw with Inter at home. Uh, draw with Spezia, loss against Verona. Um, it's just kind of maybe come too much. And obviously those Champions League results, some of them disappointing, that 5-0 thrashing at home against Liverpool not be a happy memory for them. But um, in terms of whether they make the changes, maybe now is the right time. If you think uh, they are through in the Champions League, um, so they still have that. The players will still see that as a, a bonus. Um, but whether they champ- uh, qualify for the Champions League next year with the current league form and things are going um maybe summer would be harder to get those players in uh so who knows um we'll see how that unfolds i guess 
and they will have money to spend, of course, with Manchester United buying their young attacking midfielder Diallo. I can't remember how much for, but a sizable chunk of money that they can reinvest in their squad this January. Exciting to change on the horizon one way or another. Bergamo, the looks of it. Uh, listeners, uh, let's run through the rest of the league fixtures. Then we'll run through them a bit quicker than usual. Uh, the two standout victories, I suppose, here: Roma beat Bologna easily away from five-one. I think they scored all five goals in the first half. Yeah, they did five-one at half time. And I tell you, if you turn up to that one, if you got stuck in traffic for that one, <laughs> <laughs> with that one, but they're um, they're a good team, Roma, and I, t- I think that nil-nil draw Sassuolo at home. Last week is really they'll be kicking themselves about that because that's really at home. It's two points drop and they will be right in it. Season outside the European places, really, with those two points dropped on twenty one compared to everybody else's twenty three and twenty four. So shame for their fans, but I suppose we're only halfway there. They've got some good players and they're playing really good football as well. And the other big fixture is Crotone won a game. Listeners, <laughs> they're off the mark. I'm not sure if it's the first victory in Serie A. Ever, I don't think it is. Ever. It's first of the season. It doesn't quite do enough to get them off the bottom of the table, but um, yeah, a, a very good win for them as well. Certainly tines things up down there, doesn't it? Spezia at home, 4-1 as well. So a factor win, really, and that will give them a big boost of confidence. Uh, talking of Udinese, they beat Torino away from home, 3-2. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Torino is... Cutting, to, cutting inside have... that is, mate. <laughs> They're going to have to make a managerial change, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's looking that way. It, it, they, you've got to feel for them a little bit in this match. They, they fall 2 0 down, and they do so. They score two goals in the space for a minute to get back on level terms. Um, Bellotti uh, and Bonazzola um, taking it in turns to, to set each other up for, for goals in the 66th and 67th minute. But in the 69th minute, they, they throw it all away and fall behind again. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to be working. For, for Gianpaolo there um, you know as you say they're not to to steal Jack's thunder but they've got six points from 11 games and are in the relegation zone um, and this is not a position that team has found themselves in very recently so I mean Gianpaolo had a fairly disastrous spell at Milan um, after he, he'd really found a niche at Sampdoria so I don't know I, I can't they, they've got to do something because it, it just isn't working at the moment. Yeah, and they'll, they'll have to sell their main man on the cheap next summer. It looks like he's going to go come what may um, in Bellotti. But um, if they get relegated, he'll take 10 million off the price, Yeah, I imagine. Um, especially if he plays well at this upcoming tournament for Italy. I think he'll probably be involved somewhere. Uh, he'll, he'd mm-hmm. imagine it being the squad of his calibre. But that might be affecting his decision-making. Mancini's not going to pick someone who may not want to pick someone who's in the relegation zone, especially when you've got other strikers do quite well in the league, so we'll uh, we'll watch this. I mean, I I can't believe Trigo would ever accept three person because as good as Dan. Yeah, it's whether they want that extra ten million you sort of mentioned, didn't yeah. you, to rebuild a squad that is capable of coming back up and staying up, or even reinvesting it in January straight away to give a more rounded squad. Because if if every, I mean, Bellotti's the star man there, but if no one else is ticking, there's no point. Is I mean, a player. A team in the relegation zone to have a striker that's got eight goals in ten games, you know, it, it's you take that out of that team and, and they will be battling with Crotone for the bottom spot. I can pretty much guarantee that. On the other side, though, imagine what you could do in a good team. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, 
Because um, uh, if he doesn't play for Milan now, we're all going to be devastated. If he goes and joins Juve or something oh, like that, I'll hate him for the rest of my days. <laughs> I, ju- I just I read an article the other week saying Inter were way enough a move for him. I just ridiculous, ridiculous. Like they've got enough strikers as it is. I think got enough of everything. Apart from centre backs, but yeah, it's like. Just yeah, stop on the plus him. side, he hasn't played in the Premier League for five years, so Ancona Conte will not. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a plus, that's a plus point. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, Lazio lost at home, listeners, to Verona this week. After I think uh, probably shows that they're another team that look a bit leggy. They scraped through really in the Champions League. Quali- they did qualify. They've been handed a, a tie with Bayern Munich as their reward against <laughs> 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 the current European champions, but they um, they weren't convincing. Playing a club Brugge, I think, in the when they qualified in that one. So, uh, good news for Milan as they are on the horizon for a final game before the Christmas break. I think hopefully this poor form can be and uh, that can be an easy three point. And uh, the final two fixtures of the weekend, listeners, uh, Napoli came from behind at home to beat Sampdoria two one, and one of Milan's upcoming opponents, Sassuolo, they beat Pipo and Zaki's Benevento. 1-0, who had probably an Italian record, 34 shots on goal, I think. It was a crazy amount. Um, Sassuolo went down to 10 men and Benevento, uh, when they were 1-0 up and Benevento just threw the kitchen sink at them and, and went for it, but uh, just couldn't get get a goal. Um, I think with all those shots uh, that they did have, only four were on target, so disappointed with that. They practiced in front of the goals. Mm. On... They, did, they did hit the woodwork as well once, but yeah, eight shots for Caprari, seven for Lapidula, and seven for Imbroto um, in the forward positions for uh, uh, for Benevento. Um, yeah, they they definitely need to work on that on that finishing. I think absolutely. Well, as customary, Jack, do you want to run us uh, give us a rundown of the league table? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Crotone are propping up the table still, unfortunately, despite their win. But uh, their win does give them five points. Uh, Genoa are above them in six. Torino. Uh, finish off the relegation spaces also with six points. Then Fiorentina, 17th with nine. Spezia, 16th. Benevento, Parma, Sampdoria, Bologna and Cagliari finishing off the bottom half. Uh, Udinese are in 10th with Lazio above them, four points clear. So those bigger clubs are starting to form a bit of a gap now. There's it's almost two leagues forming. Um, so Lazio in 9th on 17th. Atalanta, Above them, Verona have leapfrogged both of them with their win at Lazio on 19 points. Roma on 21, Sassuolo in fifth on 22. And then the Champions League spots, we have Juve on 23 points, Napoli on 23, Inter on 24. And AC Milan, unfortunately not five points clear anymore, but still with three points clear at the top on 27 points. Splendid. Right then, we'll take another break, listeners. And this week, we will be back with Reno Gattuso. See you in a minute. Here's Calabria to pull it back. Rabic denied the follow-up. Drilled into the bottom corner. They have their hero. They have their equalising goal. The fullback comes good with two second-half goals. Teo Hernandez and Milan now believe they can go on and win it. Back everyone, you listen to Three Man of Milan. And after technical difficulties last week, we are pleased to welcome Gennaro Gattuso. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Thanks for coming back, Reno. Sorry about uh, getting rid of you last week. <laughs> it was a 
Trouble in the editing suite. Exactly. Trouble in the editing suite, old chap. Uh, (laughs) What should we start with this week then? The the good or the bad, Jack? Uh, I'll do my good first. Uh, I'm going to say Teo Hernandez's uh, inspired performance to bring Milan back from the brink brink of defeat against Parma. I kind of uh, I had a little go in previously about his defensive lapses, and I suppose we have already highlighted one against Palmer. <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, although I guess we did we decided it wasn't his fault for that second goal when Kessie had to fill in. Um, but certainly in terms of getting Milan back in the game, he was a fantastic physical force for us. Um, he he was threatening from the left, um, running forward with the ball, um, and I think he got a uh, he got a. A strong challenge on him in the first half, which he re- retaliated soon after to get a yellow. Um, and he was sort of played like a man possessed from that point on. He, he looked determined to do what he could to win. And uh, I think that showed in the way that he was determined to win that header for the first goal and the sheer power he put in the finish for the second, followed by his celebration where the veins in his neck were popping out for all to see. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was good to get him back on the score sheet, not once but twice, and show what an attacking threat he is. Yeah, it was a good performance from the Frenchman. Uh, I'm going to go with Milan topping their European uh, group against all odds. I was um, quite, I suppose, as vocal last week saying I thought Pioli should make 11 changes. He did, he made he made 10, 10 yeah. changes and said that Lille wouldn't cock up in Glasgow, so it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter either way. But we had, Milan had their cake and ate it. <laughs> that they made they had full rotation and Celtic did them a favor so uh, thank you very much Scott and the homeboys and Celtic for the assist in that one how about yourself John what you got uh, I want to give a shout out to um, Pierre Kalulu I think he's he's come in for his debut against Sparta and and put in a very assured performance very comfortable performance and then being kind of thrown in a little bit at the deep end with the uh, with the injury to Gabia in um the game against Palmer, he, he's come off the bench having not had any opportunity to warm up. Um, again, thrown in the deep end, and I, I think he acquitted himself very well, as I, I said earlier. He's a bit unlucky with Jovino's uh, skill. You know, he stood him up, he kept pace with him, uh, showed him wide, stood him up very well, and was just unfortunate that the ball squeezed through his legs. But other than that, I think he had a very strong performance. And um, for, for a young a young guy coming into the team for the first time, I think he's had a really good week. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that one. What's uh, Bring us all down back to earth then, Jack. What's your down this week? Uh, my bad for this week is Pioli's insistence on putting Diaz and Hakan in the same starting eleven. When And if he does do that, he insists on Hakan being on the left, which doesn't make any sense to me. If you are going to play both of them, I think Diaz has got to be out wide and Hakan in the middle. Um, I think John would probably speak better at this than myself, but um, Hakan just hasn't been able to do it from the left for Milan. He's definitely better in that AMC role. Um, Diaz, I think, does have the versatility to play across that three um, behind the striker, but uh, he seems to be in that number 10 role even when Hakan starts, uh, which doesn't make sense to me, come off the left if he does. But when you do have uh, the wingers and wingers who are in form um, available, it's a surprise he doesn't use them. So that would be my bad. Yeah. It's very clear that um, Hakan does not want to play on the left. Um, yeah. he, he tends to spend a lot of time coming inside and, and just occupying the same sort of spaces that Diaz wants to, to occupy. 
on the plus side, it does leave a lot of room for Teo Hernandez to run into because <laughs> there's literally nobody there. I wonder. <laughs> if, I mean, I imagine that is the intention, right? To get that right back to follow Diaz across or Hakan across, and Teo's got yeah. a free run. I mean, at the moment, there's also Rabbits dropping into that position as well. So you could almost see a kind of rotation where Diaz pushes forward, Hakan comes inside, and, and Rabbits drops in yeah. to play with that, but just moving people around. But I think that'll take some uh, practice to get that fluidity. Yeah, I wonder if if ever Zlatan's out, whether they should operate that Pulse 9 system that Barca use. I mean, Diaz would be more than capable of doing that, I think. And you can have Rebic coming in off the left and whoever off the right, Samu uh, or Salamakas. And then it would be a chance to try that three in midfield with Kessie, Tonali and Benacer. But a discussion for another day, I think. But... Yeah, they've certainly got the personnel to pull off that system if they uh, if they put it put work into it on the training ground. Um, well, I'm going to go for... Matteo Gabby's injury, I think, this week is my bad. It was, um, it looked a painful one for uh, for the poor chap, and it and it seems like it's going to keep him out of the squad for a month, which is um, really disappointing from his point. He's been an absolute rock this season. I mean, the only reason he has missed any games really is his COVID diagnosis, which you can hardly have a go at him for. But whenever he's played, he's been exceptional. He is. Well, essentially, him and Romney are going to be the partnership of the future as Kier is going to be a rotational option as he gets a bit older. And it's such a shame to see him go off so, such at the start of the game and in a lot in a lot of pain and it's going to keep him out of some of these crunch ties, which is a real shame for it, for him and for Milan in general. So that's me. How long's uh, how long's Kier out for? Is he going to be back soon or do we not know? I think he's very close. Um, I think I read I read that he's uh, he's he's not far away at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting then. I mean, because like when when he was out, uh, sorry, when Romagnoli was out early in the season, Gabby really took the opportunity, and then Gabby has done the same again once he's out this time. Kalulu looks like he's perfectly willing to step up and take the opportunity as well. Um, yeah, I certainly could see him coming in in the uh, in the Genoa game. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think Milan do need another defender, but it's it's good that when defenders have dropped out, those two kids, Gabby and Kalulu, have gone. I, I can do this, you know. It almost, I mean, we were lamenting the decision not to sign a centre-back and some to kind of fill the void. Very pleasing. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, round us off then, John. What's your uh, down of the week? Um, I, I guess com- coming off the back of your point, the just the general injury situation. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of obviously touched on briefly with, with the various injuries, but if you look at the likes of uh, Zlatan out, Kier out, Gabio now out, um, and then obviously Salamakas was missing this week. Benacera will be missing for the next few weeks, and it's just it's starting to really push this squad. Um, it's not a deep squad as it is, um, and I just really hope we can get through to Christmas and then and then maybe make sort of two or three acquisitions in January just to just to add a bit of depth, particularly if we are going to try and go a bit deeper in Europe. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, um, yeah, that, that's the big worry for me at the moment. Yeah, it's. Um... It's been a concern all season already, to be fair. We're always talking about injuries and how they're going to stack up. They keep on chugging. And to be fair, the timeline's been quite worked quite well, haven't they, at the moment? Kier, hopefully, is going to be ready soon. Liao's just come 
back for um, Salamakas if he's if he's more serious than we believe. And obviously, Rebic was fit just as Latan got injured, and vice versa mm. for the pair. So hopefully, they can keep that semi good fortune in like the same amount of players in the squad, almost like a rotating cast <laughs> of the same 20, 22 sort of thing. But it'd be nice if they had the full twenty five to the to choose from at some point. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh... Well, they've got like 10 days off at Christmas and then the January transfer window opens before that first game back in. Back in the, um, be interesting to see if they see who they get in, if they do get anyone in. Um, but you'd hope they would already be well on the way to getting those deals sealed if they were bringing them. Mm. want to see uh, our old pal Fabrizio Romano, a few here we go. <laughs> yeah, he's in the gym getting ready for this month of toil. Yeah, he's, he's coming, coming up doing his finger program. exercises. Yeah, exactly. He's not allowed to sleep for the entire month of January, is he? So. <laughs> He's, um, he'll be busy, that's for sure. I mean, Milan are constantly linked with central attacking midfielders, even though they need to strike a centre back. <laughs> so, unless, uh, but to be fair, Gomez can play up front. So, uh, I mean, they look to have some deals done back in October for a centre back. They just couldn't get over the line. So, they'll probably go back in for Kabak and the, I can't quite remember the chap's name from Strasbourg, who they were in for as well. So, and some players who have joined bigger teams are not getting not getting on too well. I mean, I know that they were linked with Wesley Fofana, who joined Leicester. But from I, I'm not knowledgeable about this, but I'm not sure that he's playing every game for that Leicester team with Johnny Evans, Soyuncu being the first choice there. So he may be available for loan, sort of thing. So they've got to bring someone in at centre back. I think. Yeah, I think I, the, the ideal profile you're looking at is someone. Who's young but has experience um, of first team football? Because you know Kalulu's twenty, Gabby is twenty one. We've got we've got young players. Um, you just want someone to bridge that gap between those two. And I mean, granted, Romagnoli's still fairly young, but Romagnoli and Chiara are the experienced heads. So you, you just want someone in between who's kind of got that potential, but does, is still um, ha- had a level of top flight experience to to sort of guide the younger players through. Yeah, and of course they were linked with Tommy Asu from Bologna. I'd imagine it would be key when moved to the San Siro got the opportunity. So well, uh, they were linked. Go back in for him. They were linked with Rudiger as well, weren't they? Um, yeah, he has played in Europe for Chelsea, to be fair, I think, but maybe only sub appearances. It says on his Wikipedia he's got five appearances, but I don't recall him starting him. Um, no, I think they've they've kind of earmarked him for a, for a sale in January, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, he would probably fill that profile, fit that profile that you mm. mentioned there, John. He's certainly good enough. Hopefully, would represent a fairly budget option given the fact that Chelsea are clearly done with him. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, he would be excellent, as we said back in the summer. But time will tell on that front, and we'll have plenty of time to discuss that in uh, in January. Right, we'll move on to um, this week's fixtures. We go to two league games a week for the time uh, being. Listeners, uh, the European midweek fixtures repl- being replaced by the. By a league fixture, but it's um, coming a day early. Milan will uh, travel to Genoa on Wednesday. I think it's a quarter to eight kickoff UK time. At time of recording, the game is not being broadcast in the UK, even online. I don't believe I think it's the only game on live score that doesn't have a TV symbol next to it. So <laughs> there's obviously some uh, sort of rights issue there. But I'd imagine it'll be available on a well-known betting app. If you wish. To watch the game, um, Genoa are in poor form. John, they've not won a league game since September, and that was against bottom of the league Crotone. This is 
if you're going to have a short turnaround and an away game at the moment, it can't really get much better than this, can it? Not to be disrespectful. No, definitely. Um, I think I think they've only scored ten times uh, in eleven Serie A appearances this season. They don't really have anyone who's in form or is playing well, um, and certainly no like standout players that I think would would be considered you know ones to watch. Um, if if that makes sense, they they as you say their form is poor and you know one uh, one draw and five losses in the last six is is kind of just what we need off the back of that Palmer game to try try and turn that but what was a very flat performance into maybe getting back into the groove ahead of um, ahead of the tougher games. Yeah, I think I think John's right, Jack. I mean, they, their squad is not filled with household names as an aging Goran Pandev. I can't believe he's still playing. Yeah, how old is he now? Thirty-seven. Let's not let's not throw stones. the age of strikers. I mean, like I don't know how often he he plays. To to be fair, this now he's I mean, got there's three the, starts and three sub appearances. So he's yeah. So he's not um. Five, sorry, five starts and five choice. appearances. So he's being rotated in and out. Mm. On that basis, um. They've got the Chelsea Looney David Zappacosta in there, right back, and they've also got uh, Lasse Schoener, who is a decent box to box midfield. As uh, um, Christian Zapata, who's a, a former Milan legend, the Colombian centre back, um, and also a player that's been linked with Milan as a potential heir to Zlatan's um, position in a uh, Gianluca Scamacca, who is uh, I think he's on loan from Sassuolo. Um, but he he's managed uh, a couple of goals this season um, from seven appearances uh, and a sub appearance. So um, there are a few a few recognisable faces in there. Yeah, um, Dominico Pasquito as well. He's the uh, captain. I used to remember gunning for him on FM twelve thirteen years ago. Every time as a <laughs> young up and coming superstar at left back. Um, he had a spell of pressure, fo- I think. Followed the money, didn't he? To then it's eight Yeah. And um, uh, his career, well, I suppose his bank account looks great, but his career, his career didn't really recover, like you said, from a promising start for the uh, the Italian left back. Yeah, but uh, yeah, going back to this game, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, Andy, it's uh, probably the game that Milan would probably want um, in sandwich in between uh, the the draw that they've just had, disappointing draw, and a tough trip uh, to Sassuolo, which we'll cover in a moment. Um, yeah, one win, three draws, and. However many losses that leaves in between, uh, what's that? Uh, seven losses. Um, it's not looking good for Genoa this season in general, and I really hope that it's not looking good for them on Wednesday as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see who Pioli goes with. I mean, a few injuries are going to force his hand. I expect Tonali will start alongside Kessie. Um, uh, at centre-back, I imagine we'll be seeing Romagnoli and uh, Kalulu, uh, unless Kier makes a sudden and remarkable return. Um, but then the rest of the team, is he going to rest players with that Sassuolo game coming up? You'd imagine that that game is going to be harder. He could probably get away with a few more changes against Genoa. Um, but then you don't want to risk too many. It disrupts the balance, disrupts the momentum and everything. Um, I think Haug not starting at the weekend after the few games he's had sort of suggests that he will be starting, um, which is good to see. Uh I think Zlatan is nearly back, is he? But um, I imagine he's been safe at Sassuolo, so we'll probably see Rebic up front again. Uh, there were um, there were photos of him training this morning, so he, he he's definitely returned 
to training, but whether that's yeah. in time to... It's probably too soon for this game, you'd imagine, but we'll see. Maybe he'll get on the bench at least and come on for half yeah. an hour, get his legs going. Um, but I imagine Liao might be due a start. Um, he's made two sub-appearances since return from injury, and to be fair, he looked promising in both flashes of uh, brilliance. I think Liao will, will, uh, will lead the line, actually. Rebic will probably get a rest, and um, it wouldn't surprise me if Liao played up front. We know he doesn't like to do that, but... I think Hauga, him and Samu or uh, Salamakas will trouble this Genoa defence with the pace that they've got. And if they get, they manage to get in behind, really do some damage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, with that in mind, I think uh, Milan will, will win. Um, I think I've said that every single time. <laughs> but uh, I'm saying it again. Uh, and, in fact, I'll put a number on it. I'm going to say, uh, ooh, what am I going for? 3-0. Any advance on three three nil, John? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's the timing of the game is quite interesting with the the two games we've got coming up before Christmas being obviously significantly more on paper anyway being significantly more difficult. So I I don't think he'll go all guns blazing in this one. I certainly don't think he'll risk Kier or Zlatan regardless. Um, so I think Kalulu is nailed on start. Um, I mean I could see. Rebic starting this one with a view to Zlatan starting the one later, but I certainly think Helga will come in and, and Liao potentially as well on the wings. Um, from what I read, Salamakas wasn't injured. It was it was an issue with fatigue, but obviously we saw the injury that he picked up um, earlier in the season was, was one that could potentially be a recurring one. So that remains to be seen. But I'd, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect too many changes going into this game, but I, I think that there'll be a lot a lot stronger teams in the in the two before Christmas, because um, I don't think we'll need to make those changes in order to win this game. Personally, I, I don't think as long as we don't fall behind against Genoa, because they are quite a stubborn team. Um, but if we if we can get ahead, I think this will be a comfortable win. But um, I think I, I'd I'd probably say a two 0 win. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Milan will win. Having listened to the, the pair of you uh, break it down, actually, I think there might be more changes in this one because you can, with a break upcoming, you could play full your full strength eleven against Sassuolo and Lazio in that four day period. If a lot of them get a rest against Genoa and get that week, that get that week off that they won't be accustomed to, so potentially there will be some more. Some of the fringe players comes in. Maybe Diaz will start and Hakan will drop to the bench, and it will allow to play a full eleven two games on the trot, which is something that won't have happened this entire season, really, with the games being so uh, one after another every three days essentially since the campaign kicked off. But I agree. I think Milan will win. I don't. I can't see Genoa scoring. I'm honest, and I will also plump for two nil on that one. So uh, another three points in the bag midweek, according to us. Listeners, watch it be nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, let's move on to the thigh rubber. Well, actually, this weekend in this coming weekend in Serie A, listeners is absolute stacks. The fixtures in general around this festive period are incredible. If you are a fan of Italian football, and if you're not, what are you doing listening to us? <laughs> um, <laughs> but keep listening. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Tell your friends. <laughs> just to give you a breakdown of some of the fixtures over the next 10 days in Serie A Juventus host Atalanta Inter host Napoli 
Um, Sassuolo hosts Milan, which we'll talk about now. Atalanta hosts Roma. Uh, Lazio hosts Nap- Napoli in the in that game. And then before Christmas, Milan hosts Lazio and. That Verona Inter game looks. It could be interesting the way Verona have been playing. And and as soon as the new year begins, there is also huge fixtures in Milan on sixth of. As you said, a lot of good. I mean, to be fair, look at the fixture list here. It's no wonder that Genoa Milan has not been picked for TV. Yeah. Got Inter, it's some of this Inter Napoli and Juve Atalanta on the same day. So <laughs> it makes complete sense. To be fair to them, I'm not going to have a go on from that, but. They, they uh, <coughs> do travel to Sassuolo on the 20th of December. It's a 2pm kickoff on uh, British time, and that will be on Premier Sports, that to, that earlier kickoff on the Sunday. Um, Sassuolo are in a bit of a mixed bag of form, Jack. Until they beat Benevento this weekend, as we went through earlier, they've not been on a good run. <coughs> of, they, did, they have played Roma and Inter, and they only picked up one point. In those fixtures, their blistering start to the season has tapered off a little bit, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, as you say, what a start to the season that was. Um, they were up at right up the top of the table, um, but then uh, a few a few results haven't gone their way. I mean, they drew three all with Torino, uh, which is would be a disappointment for them given where Torino are this season. Um, that loss at home against Inter Milan. Uh, Whilst it's disappointing, you can cover them the standard into Milan, but they got that away win at Napoli as well, which is a fantastic result. So it's been a mixed bag, hasn't it? They've been, I think, with teams that are around that type, sort of position, um, you're always going to find inconsistency and frustrating inconsistencies from the point of view of their fans and themselves, I guess. Um, to put an English perspective on it, someone like Everton, you'd think, would be similar. You'd be like, surely they can kick on this season and do something that they they just not, they just don't. Um, so Sassuolo, um, they'll probably be happy uh, with uh, some parts of it and disappointed with others. But they do look like they could become a force uh, in the same way that Atalanta have done, kind of under the radar with those uh, kind of low low price buys, relatively speaking. Um, but they they do certainly pose a threat to Milan. Uh, if you look at the front line, uh, Berardi, um, everyone knows about him and his abilities. Uh, you got Boga as well. Um, and then Caputo as well. Uh, they've they've all been in good form this season, um, so it'll be th- tough to keep them out. I think the um, the thing with Sassuolo is that their season sort of fell off when Caputo picked up an injury. Um, he, he's missed the last three or four games, and, and they've they've only won one of them since he since he fell sort of fell from the team. Um, you know, he, he was on five goals and two assists and six appearances this season. That, that that's an incredible start to the season for. Well, I know we've mentioned age of strikers, but a thirty-three-year-old striker. Um, but they have this very, very interesting style. Very kind of they they build from the back. Um, they've got Manuel Locatelli, who who obviously came through the Milan academy, who has proven himself as one of the best deep line playmakers in in Serie A, um, and he's really key to what they do in terms of picking up the ball deep and, and looking for those balls to to try and pick out. The, the pace of, uh, of Berardi and Jeremy Boga, um, another one who, who's really shone since he's come to Italy from um, uh, Chelsea after after loan spell uh, at Birmingham City. He's he's really stepped up a gear and, and looks a sensational player. He's got electric pace, great dribbling, um, and Dominico Berardi, who you know he's only twenty six years old, but has 
been incredibly consistent with um, with twenty plus goal contributions in uh, I think it's like seven of the last eight seasons or something like that. So he he has been absolutely fantastic. Um, so so they have a really really strong attack, and uh, I think it's really come to fruition this season. Um, unfortunately, with Caputo's injury, they they didn't really have anyone to step in and and fill that void um, as much as they've tried to tried to play uh, Juricic. Um, he he isn't on the same level uh, as Caputo, and they do have Defrel as well, but he he's really struggled for minutes. Um, but they have such a strong team, like and a really exciting way way of playing, and a very they're very entertaining to watch. So I do think it'd be really interesting to see how how they they do come up against Milan. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, Juricic is he's more of a midfield player, isn't he? Really, so he will struggle to lead the line. And uh, Jack and John are right. Remember the Amico. Berardi, if you want to impress your work colleagues when the Euros roll around and they don't know who to pick for their fantasy teams next season, pick him because he is sensational and someone I would love to see in a Milan shirt. He fits the profile 26 now and they're quite well covered on the right wing, Milan, but he would be a step up to, like, no disrespect to the player, he would be a step up. He is fantastic. Player. He's done well um, for Italy this year. He's got three goals in four games, so he's stepping up on the national scene. Yeah, absolutely. And they've, um, they had a tough nations uh, group as well, didn't they? Did, and they made the finals, if I'm not mistaken. So they will be, he will be uh, playing top tier competition in uh, internationally all through 2021 throughout the, the delayed Euro. Euros and in the Nation League final in the in the autumn as well. Right then, Jack, we've just said how good they are. Are <laughs> they good enough to make you not predict a Milan win for the first time this season? I think they might be. Um, I think I might end up. I might go for a draw on this, but I'm just trying to think. No, I'm going for a win. Zlatan will return. <laughs> I think Zlatan will be back for this game, and I think he'll make the difference. Uh, I think he'll. Uh, the short the shortcomings that we foresaw against Palmer, um, we would hopefully not see against Sassuolo. Um, I think as well there'll be more opportunity to attack them. I think Sassuolo are going to be braver than Palmer were. No disrespect to Palmer, the tactic obviously paid off, but uh, Sassuolo will feel more like that they can win this game rather than settle for it. Um, so I think they'll go for it a little bit more, and that will leave uh, gaps for Milan to exploit, and hopefully they will. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a three two win. Any advance on three two, John? Are you going to be pessimistic or are you going to be optimistic? <laughs> I think the the interesting with Sassuolo is um, similar to Milan. They haven't fallen behind many times this season, um, but when they have, they fought back. Um, the Inter game is their only defeat of the season. Um, but in both the Bologna and Torino games, they, they fell behind behind on a, on a couple of occasions and, and fought their way back. So I, I think they, they clearly seem like a side, if they get in front, they're very good at seeing the game out. If they fall behind, they don't stay behind, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I this game does make me very nervous uh, from a Milan point of view, as much as the last three games give me hope. Um, but I think this will be very tight. I think it will be very close, and I, I'm going to go for a two-one Milan win. Um, but I think there'll be, I think it'll be a very tense affair. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it will be a close game. If Ibrahimovic is fit, I think Milan will win. If he is not, I think it will be on this one. I think uh, 
Milan were quite, they were stunted this weekend and Sassuolo are a better team than Parma and they will be able to neutralise that attack if they play that insipidly, is that a word? <laughs> if they play, they play that poorly up front without Zlatan and it's, it was telegraphed, everything they were doing was was uh, easy to defend against. I think Sassuolo will lap that up and it will end up being, being a draw. But if Slatan plays his dynamism and the way I think Milan will win, but I'm going for one nil on this one. I think that Caputo, he may be back actually with, with almost a week to go. But um, if he doesn't play, I think they'll struggle to score and it'll be him. Hopefully Milan will win one nil, but if Slatan doesn't play, nil nil. So uh, hopefully there'll be six points in a week, listener. But we will. right then that wraps up this episode of Three Man Milan. We'll be back next week with a review of the Genoa game and of course that clash with Sassuolo and hopefully. After two league fixtures, Milan will still find themselves top of the table with Inter only three points behind now. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We're at 3 Man Pod. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Give us a review if you haven't. It's really, really helpful getting other Milan fans to notice a podcast and get get people uh, listen, listening in. Absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Jack. Why, thank you. Uh, thank you, John. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And thank you for listening. Pause in the lamp. <laughs>